0: Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Matthew. Hi. I'm already crying. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> it's so dumb. Well, well, I mean, we do have... There's past- no crying in podcasting. <laughs> there you go. I mean...
0: <laughs> We have pastoral royalship here, so. Yeah, oh that's right. Gosh. Royalship. I don't think <laughs> royal we <laughs> Royalhood. John Royalty. Hoffman. I've never been accused of that before. No, I think Dave called you that when you used to minister at Foothills. Oh, really? royalship? No, probably no, not. No, not. Hey, your brother just got out of surgery, and he's doing good, man. I know I sent him a Texas morning I was praying for him, but I might have missed him. He's doing well. I'm he's doing, doing well. Yep. You know what, Matt? The coolest part of what we get to do... Is just to have conversation with people that we love and. I've said it over and over. Oh, I dude, mean, it's just crazy, it's, and we get to share people with everybody. We, yeah, yeah, you know, so at, at a, a really intimate level that you wouldn't get just one-on-one yeah. one on one, or you might get at one on one, but you don't often have time to do that. You know? yeah. so it's good. First of all, John Hoffman, welcome. Thank welcome. you. It's so glad it's you're great here. To be here. Pastor of Grove Church, one of the fastest growing churches in the in wor- America? universe. Yes, in yeah. the universe. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And the fact that you get to minister with really wonderful people. Well that, one of the coolest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Shout out to AJ Caleb. Oh, I'm
1: like wondering yeah. who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> is
0: Your sons. I get to minister <sighs> with my son. And I know yeah, what that's, that's like. Amazing. It, it's just It an, is insane. incredible. So do you it's remember It's a great joy. When I first got a, a closet and office mm. at the church, it's where David kind of writing is now. because
1: I started in a closet. Too. Did you really? Yeah, right. the old, there was an old library <laughs> that no one used anymore and and in a closet, and I threw a
0: table up in there, yeah. There we go. So, I was closet, and I was having somebody come into my closet, because only about two people would fit in there, and so I needed a chair. <laughs> so, I went and got yours out of your office, and I'm like brand new rookie, and all I see is... John comes down, and I'm brand new rookie. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I'm not a pastor, nothing, man. I'm like the welcome team, dude. I hope I yelled at you or something. No, you didn't at all. You came down, you saw your chair, you picked up your chair, and you walked back to your office without saying a oh, word. I didn't say a word. Not a word. Where was that? What,
1: what building was that? It's
0: the one we're in now, but it was in David Matranga's office. It's where I was at. A lot of people, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if this is the most interesting thing. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I, mean, <laughs> this big, I don't sure, know. Where she, you got to spice it up or she something. wondering. Know. One of the things, Matt like we've shared with people that have been on the show that I quote yes yes. like that great quote that I think it's Paul Joyner said to Sean Stone oh yeah because he was going through the biggest trial of his entire life Hmm. horrible dark times and this guy that didn't know him at all but had heard what he's going through he said I don't want what happened to me to happen to you so he reached out to him and he said I want to give you hope Because he had gone through a similar Mm. circumstances that Sean did. And he goes, God has already gone to your future, Mm. and he can't wait for you to get there. Oh, Mm. wow. He can't wait for you to get there. And I went, okay, I'm going to file that one away. But... John, you have said this phrase, and when I pray, so many times it comes back to me. Mm. Lord, would you make this an ever since then yeah. moment, oh, right? Yeah. Like a yeah. future quest that you dreamed up. I mean, an ever well, I didn't
1: since- dream it up. It's a funny story how that. Happened, but even that quote, interesting. Both of those. That quote came from. I don't know if it was Mark or me because I'm Mark used to say. I either morph that from so much of who I am is right. Me too, so, absolutely. And even so I don't know if that ever since then or landmark experiences and I changed it to ever since then or he said ever since then and I changed the landmark experiences. I don't remember, but or I heard it from somewhere. I'm not the world's most original guy. So yeah, I love that phrase. And yeah, what a great joy it was to be part of Feature Quest all those years. But I didn't actually invent it. I got to be partners with Mark in developing it but what mm. happened Future Quest actually there was a group coming in that wanted to do a conference and as a young youth pastor I was really excited because it was going to be a huge crowd and the group was really starting to grow and this guy had had said hey we wanted this great event we've done in other communities it was called Avalanche and it was a a cool thing I met the guy I liked him I met him with Mark and Mark just said, you know what? I don't think it's biblical. There's some things he, he was like, this taking the like he, this guy was talking about a youth church. And Mark's like, that's not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had a kind of interesting discussion. And I realized, oh, this isn't going to happen. Then Mark, and I was bummed, but I, I learned to trust Mark. And then after... A week or two later, maybe, Mark's you know what, John, we could do a youth conference. And I'm like, what? Why not? We can do that? I, mean, I don't even, I'm, okay. And so, that's how it started. And it really was Mark's idea for the conference. I just, every year, got more and more freedom to design it and do it. But the first wow. year, it was absolute 100% collaboration, and the impetus started with Mark. But yeah. I definitely got to be part of all that. Yeah, it was Probably.
0: Great. Def, one of the most visionary people I've ever oh, met yeah. in my life, you know? And he said just at staff uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said, yeah, I just kind of was the same size and everything until John talked me into just inviting people from all over. And yeah, then it went, boom, yeah. Then yeah. a thousand people well, showed was, up. I'm, we're doing this conference and it, I loved it and it's so good.
1: And I've been to lots of conferences. I've seen them. This is better than all those. Mm-hmm. This is incredible, mm-hmm. and yet it should be twice as, three times as many people. this thing is, and we're
0: and so, charging like thirty five bucks. Yeah, the, 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 the value, <laughs> the
1: presence of God, the quality of the preaching and the workshops and the fun. I mean, I'd gone to conferences that were charging three times as much, that were half as good and yeah. half as long. So, yeah, I, I really was pushing Mark every year for a little bit more. Let me reach into this community, you know, because the vision was a youth a movement, like a Jesus movement among the young people mm, yeah. in, in this point. region. Yeah, this region. So it wasn't like, hey, let's get kids from different states. When well, we never did that. But even I had to push for him to get up past North County. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care about those churches up there. But I, he, he didn't he say does. that. He does. No, that's... No, he does. But what I meant is he, his vision and what he wanted to see happen was to something to spark something here. Yeah. But I think it was really good that we did that. And I do think uh Future Quest did and still does ha- has had a huge impact on – the church in this oh, region. Yeah. So I'm oh, really for sure. And that was a hard thing. That was the one hard thing I missed so much because I worked on it all year long. And of course, I missed the relationships, but I didn't miss a lot of the youth ministry stuff, I'm doing it for 24 mm-hmm. years. But the one thing in the youth ministry that I really missed was uh, being able to lead that, plan that, work on that. That was a joy.
0: One of the things too, and it relates to a church, but it also relates to a person, and that is, you can call it calling if you want to, and for those who don't use that type of language, you can talk about being in your sweet spot, doing what you're supposed to be doing, what God has created you to do. So, Foothills Church, for the people who are listening who don't know much about Foothills, it's about children and youth. It's about yeah. our families. It's about mm-hmm. kids. And Mark and Dave did such a great job mm-hmm. of keeping our eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. But it's the same way with people that are listening, because there's not a whole lot of pastors that are listening, I think, mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot of Christians. And so, understanding what God has called you to do and press into that. Don't be like anybody else. You don't have to be Drew Miles with Joey Vanderbilt going into a bar with a Bible at midnight. <laughs> you can, yeah. but understanding what God has called you to do and then just go do it. Make some mistakes pick yourself up now i got a question for you okay so i understand foothills i'm going into my third decade but what's grove church who's the grove i think the grove is about people growing and
1: being transformed in the image of christ and we have certain values that we talk about all the time and one of them is we won't stand still it's about personal transformation in the image of christ and then corporately how that translates into us being a compelling counterculture A city on a hill so that idea of personal growth that translates into corporate growth and then the idea of spiritual family we have a saying that we think three we need all three generations to accomplish god's will and we talk about above beside and below people that are you're influencing and being influenced by every church talks about community they're all about community and spiritual family, but we just did some of the metrics at our church and we had over 70, (laughs) I guess 77% of our adult attendance was in signed up for growth groups this last semester, which is just insane. And one of the, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I know I'd love to get to 80 and I don't know, I'm sure you can always improve and we will. There's lots of stuff I could talk to you about. And these are like passionate things we have about setting the atmosphere and worship and all kinds of things. But Another thing that's amazing that's happened is a heart for evangelism, because I, I don't think I was ever – I never considered myself evangelist. And when you said finding out who you are, how you put it together, I think you got to find – I remember Doug Barrell said something to me, and that's Jillian Crary's father. He's got a prophetic oh ministry. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yes. And he said,
1: God will never give you anointing for another man's ministry. <laughs> and I think that's true wow. for everybody else, too. God doesn't give you anointing now, for whatever your ministry is, whether you're – ministering to people in your neighborhood at work or school or cycling or whatever it is you have a ministry that god's given you and he has an anointing in that ministry and it needs to be done through who he's called you to be i think that's powerful and i never saw myself as an evangelist but god is it's surprising i've had two i had grant come with me and said john you're an evangelist and i said i'm i'm not an evangelist and then last year mark tupont yeah i've heard of him yeah he said i got a word for you and, and long story short we met and he said john you're a, a pastor and an evangelist and i thought man it's but what what i've noticed is that one of the exciting things about playing this church is i've seen i've always had a heart to see people meet jesus grow in jesus but the heart of an evangelist the heart to see the unchurched really come to know Jesus. And that's been something that's really been driving us and driving me.
0: Yeah. And it's the most incredible thing to be a part of, to partner with God in it. Mm. I. Man, you get to walk with somebody and all of a sudden you you see the transaction that they do with God and you get to play some tiny, small role. That's what this podcast is all about, is yeah. to get people to step into that partnership and be amazed by the adventure. I want to tell you one of the things that I – and I want to talk about you personally. One of the ways that you've touched my life in an, in a deeply incredible way is about how – Just one – I thought there'd be a lot more. The most important one (laughs) is Sylvia. How you loved and pastored her through the darkest Hmm. hours of her life, the darkest days, you and your beautiful wife, Gina. You just brought her into your family, took her to Hume Lake. Mm -hmm. And then when I fell in love with her, I drove to Hume Lake just to see her for the day. (laughs) And I know that you've done that for so many others because you are the granddaddy of all youth ministry in Hmm. at least San Diego, if not the known universe. So let me ask you about that. How, How do you do that? Because that's, you just have the family hospitality invitation that you've done so many times. And it's affected me because you did it with my wife before she was my wife.
1: There's two things come kind of to mind. The first one, I'll tell you about specific situation with Sylvia, because I think there's some really good insight there. And the second thing is, whenever you are being who God's called you to be, who he's created you to be, which isn't hard, you don't think it's a big deal. But some people are, they just notice people that feel out of place, and they go to them and they encourage them and they make them feel welcome, and they often have no idea the power of that. And how many people will come to me and say, early in, in Foothills, it's the reason I'm at this church is because you reached out and connected me. I'm thinking, what? I, I barely talk. I talked to you for like five minutes. I remembered your name the next week. I introduced you to somebody, and I kept making sure you were good for a while, but that wasn't that hard to do, yeah, and like, it's not yeah. hard. But for other people, meeting somebody new and trying to connect and be a bridge is really tough. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is don't – it's so important for people to understand that taking their piece – we look at other people and we say, oh, man, in terms of evangelism, whatever that is, and we say, I'm not like Kevin. I can't just meet anyone and talk about Jesus. But you have a part to play in moving that person closer to Jesus. And and it's going to come from a more natural place in you. And you need to be aware of what that is, and you need to – uh, recognize the importance of that. And, and also, even in the context of church where people come. But I want to talk to you about this situation with Sylvia. The way she loves being the subject of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's her favorite. Well, well, sure. She's looking for favor Truth glory. be told on this, <laughs> the only reason that I really was put into that situation was Mark and Dave were out of town. So when someone...
0: And her husband died tragically.
1: Yes. When that happens and you're the youth pastor, you usually let the big guns take care of it. Yeah. And it was, it was a heavy situation. It was. It was quite heavy. Market neighbor out of town. And so it was like, all right, John, you're up. And so I remember really agonizing and praying about that funeral and and everything and and not even getting to really say what I had prepared to say because people just talked a long time. And that I've learned a lot about that since then. But Sylvie was easy to love. Yeah. You know, she was of course she (laughs) but we were very grateful to to be put in that position and to be able to just be there for her and love her, and my wife's amazing. And yeah, she sure is. Uh, she would. That
0: was great. interesting too, because so much of the time, when when the Lord ministers to somebody in a very hard place, it's not just an obligation, but it's an honor to help mm-hmm. the next person through that situation. So Sylvia has done that with oh, yeah. other people that have gone through tragedy, experienced a loved one's suicide Mm. are terrible things. And so she's helped other people. And I think it's probably helped part of her healing as well to be able to be used in those very hard and difficult situations. I don't think I've ever shared this on the show, but it's important. Mm. When I was considering taking the offer from Mark and Dave to come on staff as a pastor, it was a really big deal Mm. because I was having a whole lot of fun, doing a whole lot of good work, And but I always felt called to be a pastor since I was five or six. Mm -hmm. Really did have a relationship with Jesus and all that. And so Sylvia shared with me one thing that her counselor had shared with her when you're going through some hard place. And quite frankly, I don't you probably don't know about this, but being a pastor can be hard sometimes. (laughs) I'll tell you later off air. It's also the it is, too. It is incredible. It's an honor and a joy. Yeah. But in some of that stuff that can be difficult, she said, Kevin, this is what my counselor told me, and this is the requirement I have for you if you're going to take this, and I'll support you Mm -hmm. 100%. So if you have to have three people in your life, you have to have intentionally these three people. Number one, you've got to have a pastor, Mm -hmm. and and not necessarily the pastor that signs your paycheck, and you were Sylvia's pastor. That's what she told me. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have a best friend. You have to have a best friend. And I asked this dude at Pinky swear would you be my best friend like in elementary school? It was very weird. (laughs) And then the third one is you have to have a prayer warrior. You have to have have at least one person Mm. that is praying for you. And if somebody is in a difficult situation, that's one piece of wisdom that I would share with Mm. them. And you might be that person for somebody. You might be their pastor. You might be their prayer warrior. And it is such an honor to walk with somebody through that stuff and to be that person for them. And, Mm. And that's what you did it was a joy i'll tell you
1: something that this conversation sparked my mind i always wanted to be part of something great i wanted greatness i think i don't know if that's a a thing that everybody has or i think maybe uh, i wanted to be a professional athlete or i wanted to be when i was even younger i wanted to be a, a war hero or something and what the lord has shown me is true greatness is being a conduit and i've been wrecked before when we had our Christmas offering, and we were able to call these organizations and say, "Hey, this is how much money we had—five hundred thousand dollars came in." Our little church. <laughs> yeah, you're not a mega mega. <clears throat> <Yeah>. No, no, <laughs> that's and, a lot of and, money. And I'm calling, and I'm weeping. I actually I was texting, and I'm just broken. And we, and more than ever, the Lord. That was that actually was two years ago with this experience happened, Not this last year. It had it, never been more clear to me in my life the reality that the greatest joy. And the greatest greatness we're ever going to have is being a vessel. I, I use the word Absolutely. conduit. Feel, feeling the goodness, the mercy, the grace, uh, the, the empowerment or whatever, the love of God flow through you. And I can feel when I'm preaching sometimes, a friend of mine said this in passing and it, it stuck with me. We're a cover band. If you go to hear a cover band, what you do not want to hear is their version of the song. Right. You want to hear the original as the words and the music so close. To that band that you just, oh, I love it. And the closer we get to the words of Jesus, they're not my words. Right. I'm not that, What? What? no one's coming to me about, hey, John, would you give us your opinion on, it's Jesus, his words. And then. It's his melody, and it is the most powerful wow. melody. And the words are so powerful, that's so good that if we can just get to be sing it like Jesus, use the words and the song, just play it just like Jesus. Yeah, some people are going to hate us because they hated Jesus, but people are going to be drawn to us. And so, like in my life, that's what's I want more and more. I want to be the best cover band, <laughs> and I want people to go. Oh, I love, I love this song. I, I love, love it. these words and that's what the church is and that's what you and I are supposed to be doing so yeah. no matter where you are in your life whether it's at work or school, family, church you gotta think about being a cover band. because we get thinking that we're, it's about us and we're the song and we're, it's our song it's our music and it, like it's not
0: he literally shares the gospel he talks about sin separating us from God, and the Father sent His Son to restore that relationship. And without that restoration, you are headed for an eternal Mm -hmm. hell, just plain, just simple, just the gospel. And I went, bravo, (laughs) nicely done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be all that complicated. Mm -hmm. And once again, he comes from Ray Comfort background, he's gone to School of Evangelism and stuff like that. And I just thought... You know what? We've got strong, young Christians that are doing the right thing and expanding the kingdom of God without fear. Mm-hmm. It is so good. That was just such a great time with them. It really influenced me. It, it, wow. it was medicine for me.
1: It's powerful. The music is beautiful. The words are, are overwhelming. It's just it's incredible. Yeah, that's we're, the we're power of We're gospel. made for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you right now what's the Lord teaching you personally? in your life right now? I think the
1: big thing that I'm learning right now, just to be really honest, is gratitude. And I've probably, the last few years have probably been the happiest years of my life because I'm really stripping everything away in terms of what's my treasure? Um, is Jesus. And I'm really happy I'm going to heaven. And my sins are forgiven, and I have His presence in my life. Mm. I get His presence. I get His people. I get His purpose. I get to have a clean conscience. I still have problems, obviously. But I get to have a clean conscience, and I get to serve Him. And, yeah, I just get to know Him. And my sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven. And I've been trying to stay focused on that every day. I've been praying through a prayer every morning on my knees when I first wake up, and just trying to get back to that place. And that has been... As simple as it sounds, being grateful. And man, it's hard to get tempted into something wrong when you're grateful. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be angry at someone else when you're so grateful for just the, what is the most awesome thing any human being has ever dreamed? I have it. I have a relationship with God. Man. <laughs> and, and so what else do I have to have? And what can take away from that? Nothing. I, that's what I'm learning and that's what I'm trying to stay in. And like I said, COVID was a painful season, but it was a purifying season for me. That's what he's been teaching me. And I'm, I'm learning all kinds of stuff all the time. And he's stretching me right now with some opportunities for the church. And it, it's going to require me to really grow. And it's going to require me to die to myself, but I'm excited for it because I know it's going to be people meeting and growing in Jesus. We're going to reach more and grow more f- people for Jesus. And, it, and it's going to be work. But we're going to do it because we won't stand still and it's the cry of god's heart so i want people to know jesus and i don't mean like the way i know him but just the most basic knowing jesus is so awesome so that's what's when you ask me that's what's on my, that's what's going on with me
0: that's real real good I, I could just...
1: die a happy man bro before i even year, years ago i was that sounds so terrible i was on a houseboat in lake powell that someone let me go with them on and gabe and janelle was so fantastic and i'm on top of the boat and i'm thinking man God has been so good to me. If I died right now, I'd die a happy man. I feel like that's even more now because anyway, yeah, that's what God's doing.
0: That's awesome. And it also sets the, not just the tone for your day, starting off that way, it sets mm. the tone for your life.
1: I've been so blessed, man. I think Mark and Dave, when I first came to Foothills, I wept during worship for weeks and weeks because just the presence of God, the hope the, the kingdom mindset was just so refreshing and brought my soul back from you. Grew up in a place and people grew up in a church that was declining, seeing a culture that's turning away from the Lord, it was just depressing. And to see a church that was leaning into the purposes of God and the kingdom of God, man, I'll tell you that, that, that just refreshes you and for me it was powerful wow. so i remember that every sunday just like being overwhelmed with joy about the presence of god and being part of what god's doing and that's and such a joy i don't know i don't know if we're gonna see revival i pray for it every day but I, I know i'm gonna be faithful yeah yeah and uh, i'm gonna be faithful in this season to do god's work just like the people were 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and got us to where we are now, and God's got a plan. So, yeah. I'm praying for a revival. I, I just, that's my
0: superpower as a leader, Yeah, is I just really want to be faithful. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and it's still like that. People walk in the door and sense the presence of God mm-hmm. and are transformed. Mm-hmm. And I go, Yeah so was I.
1: Mm, I, yeah. I
0: know what you're saying. Yeah, now, yeah. mine was 30 years ago, yeah, yeah. but it's fresh every morning, and it really, truly is amazing. And we're standing on the shoulders yeah. Yeah. of faithful men and women That's what's amazing. that have gone before us. Yeah. I was talking to a guy about the transition, and transitions in churches can be really hard mm-hmm. and difficult sometimes. They mm-hmm. really can. Mm-hmm. In fact, probably more times than not. Yeah. But because we have young leaders with the DNA who are faithful for the mm-hmm. mission, it's just – and once again, it's the same for a person as it is for a church. I love speaking into the lives of my grandchildren. Mm. I, and that's what we're doing. That's the deal. And it is just an honor to be about the Lord's work mm. and to be a part of the adventure.
1: Well, there's that saying, obedi- the power of a long obedience – in the same direction. I think it's Peterson that said that. I'm not, I
0: thought Dan Dealing said
1: that. Dan Dealing. It's from Eugene Peterson's book. <laughs> I read that book, but Burning he's in one, My Bones. But he's the one introduced me to that, Dan Dealing did. But that idea, I don't, I may not be the most gifted this or that, but that one thing I do have is, man, I just want to be faithful. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone that, can do that. That's and right. Over time, that's
0: powerful. Yeah. Dude, would you pray for those people? Yeah. Let's do it.
1: Lord, we lift up. Those people who are listening to this podcast, perhaps are discouraged. We pray God that they would be encouraged at what you have. They would have a heart to remember the things that you've already done in their life, your goodness, your mercy, your kindness, your forgiveness, your provision. And Lord, they would lean into that gratitude and they would understand. They don't have to be somebody else. They don't have to try to take another person's anointing. Lord, you have a ministry for them and an anointing for them in their own ministry. Pray you would strengthen them, encourage them. I'm thinking, Lord, the last two episodes of this podcast, I was so encouraged by the stories of people. We pray that this this podcast would be an encouragement and that your Holy Spirit would minister to the people listening to this. And we do pray, Lord, that you would give us awareness of who those people are around us, that you're working on, that we would have in our own gifting understanding of how to love them and move them one step closer to you. And so we ask all this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus.
0: Amen.